And good morning, evening, afternoon, wherever you are in the world. This is Harrison Smith with another episode of Cinema. I thought I would do uh, something on Ed Wood this week. And for some reason, I, I don't know why. I think it's because of coming out of production on this Christmas film. And just a reminder of just how damn hard it is to make a movie. And the ability of the internet to just systematically dismiss things as sucks, terrible, worst ever, that kind of thing. And and we'll get into all of that in a little bit. And look, I, I want to start this out by saying that I'm well aware that as much as I love Tim Burton's Ed Wood movie, I know it's a very romanticized version. And look, there are all kinds of things you can say about Ed Wood. No, he, he was not the most upstanding citizen. No, he's not Orson Welles. Uh, we we get all of that, and it's it's been beaten into the ground repeatedly uh, on on trashing Ed Wood or tarnishing his image, and and quite frankly, he did enough on his own to tarnish his own image. Uh, however, I wanted to just kind of take a look again because it's really not so much about Ed Wood, but the fact, and and those of you who follow me on my Twitter account know that I, I really have a problem with social media. And the lack of critical thinking, which is why this podcast exists. Uh, The ability for people to sit behind a screen and on a keyboard and just declare that something sucks. Or going out there and uh, not creating anything and attacking someone because they like a movie. Look, I I don't really attack anybody for, I, I don't attack at all. On, on people who love something. And I joke about when I say that no one may enjoy Jaws the Revenge. I don't really fucking care if you like the film or not. It's part of my shtick and part of my brand. Um, I do feel very strongly about Jaws the Revenge, which I'll be getting into again. Uh, do, I, do I really feel it's the worst film ever made? Yes. And I think Plan 9 from Outer Space is far better than Jaws the Revenge. And some of you are going, I don't see how. I think Robot Monster is better than Jaws the Revenge. And if you don't understand that you haven't listened to enough episodes of my cinema podcast, and you certainly haven't listened to the first episode as to what exactly defines cinema. But in the meantime, uh, at first, just for this quick episode this week, I mean, let's let's start out with uh, the, the longtime uh, love affair with bashing Ed Wood. And, and apparently Michael Medved, the, the respected film critic, gets the credit with dubbing Ed Wood as the worst director of all time by referring to Wood's crowning film achievement, you know, Plan 9 from Outer Space, as perhaps the worst motion picture ever made and making Wood the worst director ever. This is not only to come to the late Mr. Wood's defense, this podcast episode, but to also show how off the mark Mr. Medved was in his 1980 book, uh, The Golden Turkey Awards. I, I remember going to Walden Books and such and and pulling these books off the shelves and spending, you know, like how people used to stand at the uh, checkout line in the the grocery store and and read magazines without paying for them. I used to go into bookstores and read these kind of like quick awards books uh, just to to garner information and read quickly while either uh, my friends were shopping or I was hanging out and took a break from the arcade kind of thing. Ed Wood is the antithesis of cinema, and and I'm going to prove that here. He had passion, and his passion and love for film makes him one of Hollywood's greatest directors, I'll argue. And again, I know some of you are rolling your eyes and saying, well, I thought you weren't going to romanticize him. But say what you want about Plan 9, Bride of the Monster, Glenn or Glenda, bad films, hell yeah. Bad directing, 100%, absolutely. 
However, Ed Wood was not a cynic. I mean, you may be able to argue that later when he he ventured into the pornographic industry, which the Ed Wood film, the biopic that Tim Burton did, uh, you know, conveniently skipped over all of that. So this podcast will show why films like Jaws the Revenge or Godzilla 1998 and other big budget films are, are far worse than anything Ed Wood ever put out, including his pornography and including Plan 9. By many accounts, including his own, Plan 9 from Outer Space was Wood's opus and the film that Medved bestowed his dubious award upon. Wood said this about Plan 9. He said, if you want to know me, see Glenn or Glenda. That's me. That's my story. No question. But Plan 9 is my pride and joy. We use Cadillac hubcaps for flying saucers in that one. And my God, that's just great, I think. Wood was short on talent, but not passion, and made his films because he loved the craft. You could say that he was not much different than a child that makes terrible Father's or Mother's Day cards or holiday gifts and paintings in school. To the child, this is something special, perhaps even high art. But to the adult, it's juvenile craftsmanship at best. But it's the sentimental, you know, things behind it or behind all of those things that really matter. The worst director ever found former horror icon and star of Dracula, Bela Lugosi, living in poverty and a drug-addled wreck of the Hollywood system. Now, to be fair, the movie really makes it like Wood was such a fan of Lugosi and and that he he rescued Lugosi from, from abject poverty. He didn't save him completely, but was with him through especially his fight with, with his heroin addiction. Uh, now, Lugosi's son says otherwise, and he says that Wood exploited his father and, and ran him through the ringer paying him nothing and, and really just exploiting what, was, what little value was left of Lugosi's name. I mean, I don't know. I get the feeling that there, there might be an answer somewhere in the middle. You know, Wood needed a name, that's for sure. But by his actions alone that even Lugosi's son admits, the guy was there to help Lugosi through his rough times. I mean, Lugosi was drained by the film industry as surely as his alter ego, Count Dracula, drained his victims. And Lugosi was a has-been by the 1950s as the classic universal monsters were replaced by aliens and radioactive monsters and, and budding psychopaths. Ed Wood gave Lugosi work. Say what you will about it. His son can say what you will about it. But it made him feel like a star again, infusing the ailing man with with sincere enthusiasm in the hope that he could shine again. This was a filmmaker who planned to use funds made from Plan 9's premiere to pay for Lugosi's rehab expenses and tried to shield him from the press vultures. That is true. Lugosi died before filming commenced and wound up in Wood's film through mismatched splice footage. We know that all you have to do is watch Tim Burton's movie to see that part, and that is accurate. Wood knew Lugosi was a name, and like I said, uh, indeed Plan 9 was his last film, but was said to have cried when seeing the first cut of the film and Lugosi up on the screen. That, That doesn't sound like a guy who was trying to exploit an old man. And Ed Wood said this, he said, well, I started thinking about what you were saying about how your movies need to make a profit. Now, what is the one thing, if you put it in a movie, that'll make it successful? He was not just ill-equipped in the talent department to realize that dream. He was also outgunned by a film industry 
that was accustomed to tossing aside its tarnished stars onto the studio junk heap. Other stars will have this problem as Mickey Rooney's famous acceptance speech at the 1979 Academy Awards for his honorary Oscar put it so sadly. Rooney said this, When I was 19 years old, I was the number one star of the world for two years. And when I was 40, nobody wanted me. I couldn't get a job. This would be the same for Judy Garland. It'll be the same for Joan Crawford. It'll happen with Orson Welles. People who had won Oscars. Joan Crawford was making the low-budget trog, I believe in like 1970 or 71, providing her own wardrobe and changing in a car. The woman who won an Oscar, who was a Hollywood legend, who defined pinup star, was changing her own clothing in a car on the set of a movie. This is the true side of the industry. And I'm going to say again, say what you want about Ed Wood, about his personality, his personal life, uh, the quality of his motion pictures. I'm still willing to bet that when Wood was sitting in his apartment painting those hubcaps for those spaceships, he had no intention to screw anybody. He had no intention to build people out of their money. That's why I use Jaws the Revenge, because Jaws the Revenge was created for one purpose in mind, and it was not for entertainment. Now, you can go back and listen to episode two, that it clearly explains my stance on Jaws the Revenge, the movie that inspired this podcast. But the plan for Jaws the Revenge was to fleece. It was to rob the studio of whatever budget was left, get a tax write-off, pay everybody one last good payday from an executive that was leaving that position into retirement, get his wife a payday, kind of get revenge from Jaws 2 to get his wife out on a boat and to battle the shark. Uh, it was it was just really one big con job, a fleece job. Jaws the Revenge was not created to entertain. If it did, then that was secondary. But with a massive budget of $28 million even then, Jaws the Revenge was created to simply squeeze out whatever money was left in that franchise to simply walk away with something in pockets. If it entertained, so be it. But that was not the objective. And the ultimate irony of it all is, it could have. All they had to do was try. And they chose not to. They chose not to entertain. It was to fleece. So please keep that in mind when I talk about here with Ed Wood. Wood's stuff is garbage. There's no doubt. It's not good stuff. But he really, truly wanted to entertain. And while he was romanticized in the Tim Burton film with Johnny Depp playing an idealized version of Wood as the forever optimist, and I love that movie in my opinion, it's probably my favorite Tim Burton movie. Ed Wood did survive uh, the Battle of Guadalcanal and also uh, the battle on the island of Tarawa. And he did indeed wear bra and panties beneath his uniform, stating that that was his biggest fear. Uh, he was getting, of getting killed and having that discovered when they did the autopsy on his body. And the other thing is, is that Wood did exaggerate um, his, his service. Uh, he claimed that his two front teeth were knocked out from hand-to-hand combat with a Japanese soldier who I believe he said... Uh, on record, uh, hit him with the stock of his gun in the face. There is no evidence of that. What we do have evidence of 
is that Wood uh, did clean up bodies. He was on kind of mop-up patrol, uh, identifying bodies, pulling bodies out of the ocean and that kind of thing, but was basically resignated to desk work uh, after his um, injuries in the war. So uh, that was very much uh, over-glorified, I believe. But in addition to surviving World War II, and look, the guy went and he served. He didn't get a deferment. Uh, he, he didn't get out of it. He did go and he did serve. And Tarawa was no picnic and Guadalcanal was no picnic. So, I mean, there was no guarantee the guy was going to live anyway. But the one thing he was not prepared for was the conflict in the Hollywood film industry. I mean, this was a business that saw Wood as a carnival sideshow freak, a living example of the grade Z entertainment he was pushing. Befriending Lugosi only confirmed suspicions of lunacy, and many of the distributors Wood approached believed Lugosi was long dead. Wood treated Lugosi as more than a star. He was a legend. He was driven by his loyalty and respect for this forgotten icon in his pursuit of financing. Now, is Lugosi's son correct that uh, Wood exploited his father? I mean, maybe from his point of view, it truly was. But sources attribute Wood with soliciting Baptist church members for the financing of Plan 9, going so far as to have himself and members of his cast baptized to get the film made. That is accurate from Tim Burton's movie. He did this not to swindle the gullible from their funds, but under the sincere belief he would make their money back and a profit so they could pursue their dream of making 12 films on, on each of the 12 apostles. Wood endured rabid attacks on his sexuality when it was revealed that he liked to cross-dress at the height of the conservative McCarthy paranoia. His first girlfriend left him, regarding him as a degenerate and loser who surrounded himself by a coterie of the same. He was treated with contempt and with no empathy for his devotion to Lugosi, Wood battled depression, falling into the world of softcore porn, as I laid out in the beginning of this, and lurid pulp novels to unsuccessfully pay the rent. He wrote a lot of stuff, and it really didn't make any money. Evicted from his Los Angeles apartment, he died alone with he and his wife, who was also an alcoholic, moving in with friends. And he died alone from a heart attack in a friend's room, watching a football game in 1978 at the age of 54. Now this thumbnail of this fascinating man serves as a starting point for the exploration of cinema. My cinema, C-Y-N-E-M-A. Wood will never be positively compared to Spielberg or Coppola or Shyamalan or Lucas or even Disney. Yet all of these great names have more in common with Wood than they'd like to admit. These names and many more in Hollywood made their share of truly awful and dreadful films and product far worse than anything that came from Edward D. Wood Jr. The only problem is that most of the country and even the world didn't realize this and were duped by a cynical Hollywood hype machine, believing that they were seeing something truly great. Plan 9, Glenn or Glenda, Bride of the Monster, Jail Bait, all of his films are poorly made, but they are honest in their poor quality and awfulness, and also for their love and passion for film and art. They are not cynical like certain films that I have discussed in this podcast through numerous episodes. Ed Wood, bad director, bad screenwriter, bad producer, perhaps. 
but he was not a cynic. I'll close with this quote from Ed. He once said, We are going to finish this picture just the way I want it, because you cannot compromise an artist's vision. That is Ed Wood's legacy, and it would not have displeased him. This is Harrison Smith. Go back and listen to episode two on Jaws the Revenge, and you'll understand everything of what my cinema podcast is about. Use critical thinking. Also know that giant budgets do not mean great motion pictures, great entertainment, or guaranteed quality. Keep that in mind. Thank you for your time, and I look forward to talking to you next week.